0: Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy G.D. And this episode, it is time for the NBA season to start, so I will be breaking down the Eastern Conference. I'll tell you how each team finish and also give you my playoff teams as well. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay guys, so it's your boy GD here at the All Things Basketball with GD podcast and we are in the midst of our NBA season preview. It's that time of year guys, it's fall season, football is just about midway through and we are approaching NBA season guys, one of my favorite times of the year where basketball begins and we go through this for the next nine months nonetheless i'm ready for it i am here for it so let's get right into it guys shall we i already covered the western conference so now time for the eastern conference so let us begin i will start with the atlantic division and like i did for the west I'll go in alphabetical order first, I'll tell you the starters, some of the key players, I'll give you the upside, and then I'll give you the downside for each team, and then I pose a question at the end. And then once the division is done, I'll tell you my predicted order of finish. So that's how we will do that. And once we culminate all of that, I'll tell you the eight teams I'm predicting to make the playoffs. And the two playing teams as well. Let's get into it, guys. Starting with the Atlantic Division, we'll start with the Boston Celtics first. Boston has, as their starters, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kristaps Porzingis, who they acquired from Washington in a multi-team deal. Drew Holiday, who they got from the Blazers. It cost them Robert Williams III and Malcolm Brogdon, but they did need that point guard, so they have that. I think it could fluctuate, guys. I think you could either go Al Horford. This way, you can kind of ease the burden on Porzingis a little bit. Maybe Al can play a bit of the center, and Porzingis slides to the four. Or you can just go Porzingis at the five. Maybe slide Al Horford to the four. Or you could even go Horford coming off the bench and starting probably Derek White. So you can do that as well. So it's a variation of ways that Joe Missoula can go here. Then coming off your bench, it'll be either one of those guys there, as well as Sam Hauser. Also Peyton Pritchard and Luke Cornett. Also O'Shea Brissett, who they got from the Pacers as well. Your upside for Boston of course it begins and ends with Tatum and Brown and then your acquisition of Krista Porzingis and you basically replacing drew holiday with Marcus Smart which is a upgrade I would say that as beloved as Marcus Smart was and as valuable as he was I think drew holiday he's a championship point guard who brings a lot of playoff experience, a lot of moxie to that position. And I think if you were to lose a Marcus Smart to replace him with a Drew Holiday, I don't think you could ask for anything better than that, to be honest with you. Your downside, Christoph Porzinga's Porzingis' health, it's always an issue with him. And also, he's kind of got an unproven playoff record. He got a slight taste of it with the Dallas Mavericks, But that was a first-round exit. So you don't really know in terms of Porzingis as far as how he'll perform in the playoffs. And then bench depth, that could be an issue as well, guys. So the question for Boston is, can they challenge Milwaukee for the number one spot in the East? I'll talk about Milwaukee a little bit. So that's the question for them. The Brooklyn Nets, a far different team Than how they started last year with KD and Kyrie in the fold. Now you blew that all up. Now you have a new nucleus. Jock Vaughn is now the head coach. Previously you had Steve Nash. Now you have Jock Vaughn as the coach here. But nonetheless, your starters, Mikael Bridges, who when he came in the Kevin Durant deal, I mean, he was an absolute stud for them. Also, in the Kyrie deal, you got back a Spencer Dinwiddie. He'll start. Cam Johnson, he came in the KD deal. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, I think, will get back into this lineup. He'll be the power forward. But he also be the one who can dish the ball. I think he could end up being the guy with the ball in his hands. And Nick Claxton, who had a Very good year last year. I think there's definitely room for growth with him. In fact, on my upside, McHale on the Cups of Stardom and Claxton, a young big on the way up, which I think he is. I think he's a young big who's got plenty of talent and lots of room ahead of him for improvement. On your bench, you got guys like Dennis Smith Jr., who you got from the Hornets, you also have Lonnie Walker from the Lakers that you brought in. Cam Thomas, who can light it up with the best of him, young player. And Dayron Sharp. Also, he's your big over there as well. And also, Dorian Finney-Smith, who you got from the Mavericks in that Kyrie deal. Question for the Nets. Can Coach Vaughn get them back among the top six? My New York Knicks. That lineup will look like Jalen Brunson. Again, an absolute godsend. One of the best free agent signings the Knicks have had in their history. I don't think that's hyperbole, guys. Julius Randle, who regained his all-star status last year. Also, all-NBA. But there's a certain... Segment of the fan base that's still not thrilled with the guy, even though he gives you 20, 10, and about four or five, which is great for a big man. My boy D uh called me the other day, said he saw him in the mall. He gave him a shout out and told him, "Look, the real fans know what you bring to the tables," and I agree wholeheartedly. The real Nick fans know that this guy is going to be out there. He's going to deliver. He had the bad ankle in the playoffs last season, tried to play through it. If they're playoff bound again, of course, the hot lights are going to be on him again. I think he's somebody who knows that, you know, my last two appearances in the playoffs didn't look all that good. I have to bring it next time I'm in there. I think he will. I think he's built for this. And we'll see how it goes with this team. But the combination of Brunson and Randall. Is a must for the Knicks to have them healthy throughout the season. R.J. Barrett, he baffles me sometimes, guys. He has the talent. He has everything going for him. It's just the efficiency. The efficiency. It should be better at this point. I mean, he's coming on, what is this, year four or five now? I mean, we got to see you bring it consistently, uh, R.J. Love the guy. I think he's built for here. But it's just a consistency. We have to see it in order for this team to take the next step forward. Mitchell Robinson, a few of the Knicks say he's one of the most important Knicks on this roster. And I wholeheartedly agree. He's a guy who doesn't demand the ball. Although there were points, well one point last season where he kind of made a little bit of noise about that. But he quickly set that aside. But he's a guy... You need his interior defense, you need his rebounding, and oh my gosh, in that Cavalier series, if it wasn't for his rebounding, man, we'd be in a world of hurt. And mind you, he had to go against two tall trees over there in Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. You get this guy, at least 60 or so games from him, you're in good shape, although you have solid depth, I'll talk about that in a minute. Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes is a guy I would love for him to see more touches because he's a 3-and-D guy who this team needs desperately. His defense, you saw a bit of it in the playoffs. You saw it during the season as well. And he's a guy, I may get in trouble saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think he's a guy who probably should be third option i know it sounds crazy you got rj there so far his defense is nowhere near grimes defense in my perfect world quentin grimes would be the third option in this offense but (laughs) it's not my call but a guy like that could really really help this team if he got the proper looks that's all i'm saying so call me crazy but that's that's my take on that in terms of the bench Emmanuel Quickly, who was in the running for six Man of the Year, he's actually heading towards restricted free agency. They didn't sign the deal in time, so I am curious to see. I think he's going to ball out. I think he's a kid who stays locked in. He stays focused. The restricted free agency, I think that's going to loom over the season some, but I think at the end of the day, this kid will deliver and we'll just see how it goes josh hart who when he came in the midseason deal last year was an absolute perfect fit here and he'll be that again he'll be a guy who could play the two he could play the three you could slide him to the four if you're going small he's a guy who at his size rebounds the ball very well and he's He's just a dog, man, and you need those kind of guys on your squad, and I'm glad he's here. They signed him to the bag, thankfully. Like I said, you make a promise to a player, you keep that promise, that shows the rest of the league that you're serious and you mean business. So I like the fact that they were able to get him, and at a reasonable price as well. Isaiah Hartenstein, I tell you what, man, there's not too many teams that has a... Such a solid tandem when it comes to centers, Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein. Man played every single game last year, was so valuable to this team, and he will continue to do so, especially given the Mitchell Robinson injury history. So it's good to have a guy like Hartenstein. Dante DiVincenzo, part of that Villanova Wildcat alumni, he came over from the Warriors. He's a guy who can defend, who can knock down the three. Round 6-4-ish. So he's a guy I think we'll see some valuable minutes. Jericho Sims, it seems like they slotted him now as the backup four. I think he's kind of out of position. Seems like Tibbs is experimenting with him at that position. If that's the case, he could have experimented with Obi Toppin at the three last year, but... Who am I to say? That's water under the bridge. Anyhow, that is pretty much your story in terms of the Knicks. Also, you got a Miles McBride on your bench as well. The upside, Jalen Brunson, again, better than advertised. A lot of people thought the Knicks overpaid. A lot of people are still cleaning up their mess after that one. And depth all over. But the downside, Randall's ankles, you want to make sure those are healthy and good to go. It seems like it is, so that's a good thing. Lack of a 3-in-D small forward slash power forward. I think that situation bears watching. There's guys out there that I think could end up being free. I know Toronto has a glut of those guys there. I think Indiana's another team with a glut of guys who could play the power forward position. So I would keep an eye on those situations over there if I'm the Knicks. With that said, my question for the Knicks... Can they climb up to the third or fourth spot in the East? They finished in the fifth spot last year. Is there room for improvement? The Philadelphia 76ers. Now they have transitioned from Doc Rivers to Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse is the coach now coming from the Toronto Raptors. For the Sixers, everything starts with Joel Embiid. Right now I have James Harden penciled into the starting lineup. Pencil, so I got the eraser on there just in case. Tyrese Maxey, who everybody's saying is going to have a stellar year coming up. PJ Tucker is a guy. Tobias Harris is someone who he's like vanilla ice cream, guys. I mean, if it's there, you'll eat it, you'll enjoy it. But there was some mango flavor, some chocolate swirls, you would go for that more. But Tobias Harris is vanilla ice cream. Take it for what it's worth. <laughs> and on your bench, D'Anthony Melton, somebody who could probably move into that starting lineup if James Harden were to depart. Also, you have a Paul Reed, solid big there who can fill in for Embiid when you want to load manage him, of course. Patrick Beverly, Forcon, Korsmat. you still have him as a 3 and D guy. Mo Bomba, you were able to get him, acquire him from the Lakers in free agency. And Kelly Oubre, I think this is kind of a steal, guys. Especially given the Harden situation, if you were to lose Harden, I think Kelly Oubre is a guy who can kind of step up, not be a playmaker like him, but give you scoring at least. Kelly Oubre, I think on the low, that was a sneaky good signing for the Sixers. Upside, of course, Embiid as your reigning MVP. And also, I mentioned Tyrese Maxey seemed like his game is on the rise. And then the downside, of course, the 800-pound gorilla in the room. That's James Harden's situation. The fallout with Daryl Morey over there. And then also the transition from a Doc Rivers team to a Nick Nurse team. And how would that look? So with that said, what will become of the and matter? Right now, he hasn't reported in. I don't think it's a wise decision for him to sit out. He's not exactly in his prime. He's towards his mid-30s now. I think it's incumbent upon him to play. I think Daryl has to just fall on the sword and just make a deal. Just to... Sometimes when you let a guy like that go, that kind of clears the air in the room and kind of makes things more palatable for the guys in that locker room. And then the Toronto Raptors. Now they have a new coach over there, Darko Rajakovic. I'll talk about him in a minute. Your starters, Pascal Siakam, always a guy who's solid, can fill up the stat sheet. Scotty Barnes is a player I think is on the rise. O.G. Anunobi, your 3 and D guy who many teams clamor for. Dennis Schroeder, who you got in free agency from the Lakers. And Ja'Kev Poulter, who you got mid-season from the Spurs, but he's been solid for them in the middle. On your bench, Gary Trent Jr. You drafted Grady Dick, a guy who can light it up from three. Chris Boucher. Precious Achua, Willie Barton still there. The upside, you have three talented front court players in Pascal, Scotty, and OG. Your downside is you still have a glut of bigs there. Outside of Pascal Siakam, you still have Chris Boucher, who I mentioned. You got Precious Achua, you have Christian Kaluko. Thaddeus Young is still on the squad as well. So you got a glut of big guys. So that's something that I thought would get straightened out. But it seems like you still have that as well. So the question is, how will the Coach Darko era begin with him as the coach? He has a lot of experience in Euroball. He's coached over there for 16 seasons. He comes over here as an assistant he has plenty of experience as a coach. He's a guy who likes to empower the players. The last successful Euro coach we saw was David Blatt for the Cavaliers. So can he have that kind of impact? Because right now, David Blatt is still the best coach, Cavalier coach in terms of percentage-wise. He won 67.5% of his games. So can he have that sort of effect? We'll see. And oh, by the way, they went 4-0 in the preseason. Very good. And then Patrick Beverly, this guy, man. On his podcast, he basically said that Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam, they're in a dark alley. They're not going to scare you. Something to that effect. I'm like, Really? What are we talking about here? But nonetheless, that's Patrick Beverly being Patrick Beverly. So with that said, order of finish. Here's how I'm looking at it, guys. I think Boston will be atop of the Atlantic. But I'm saying it. I'm saying it with my full chest, guys. The New York Knicks, I think, will finish second in this division. The reason I say that, they have the stability there. You got a Brunson spearheading the attack. Julius Randle there. Love to get more consistency from R.J. Love to see Grimes step up. You still have Mitchell Robinson patrolling that paint. You have a very deep bench. And for all the flack that Thibodeau takes being the coach here, he has them in the right direction, guys. I I really can't knock it, to be honest with you. So I'm picking them second, guys. I'm picking Philly third because... Of the turmoil, the whole Harden situation, I think even if you deal him, you will not get a player of the caliber of a James Harden. Who, such a playmaker, such a scorer, that guy isn't out there. I mean, I understand, I get it, you got guys there that will probably have to fill his shoes, but they're not James Harden. They're just not. I think they take a step back. You still have an MB there, you have a Maxi, but I think they take a step back followed by Brooklyn, and then in fifth place, I think the Darko situation, I think his transition coaching in the NBA could be a little turbulent, so I'm picking them to finish fifth. To the Central Division, Chicago Bulls will start there. Your starters, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, Patrick Williams. You got Javon Carter who looks like he's going to end up being the point guard there. Your bench will look like Alex Caruso. Andre Drummond is there. Oyo Dusimo. And Kobe White as well. Your upside, you still got a solid big three. Uh, DeMar, Zach, and Nikola. But your downside... You need a healthy Patrick Williams, who come in training camp. He looks good. He looks like he's pretty much back right. So we'll see. The question for them, how far will they go without a proven floor general? And I was one of people said, if anything, they should have tried to get Drew Holiday. But you got to give to get. And I don't think they had the necessary pieces to get a Drew Holiday, unless you gave up a Zach Levine. Which, from what I hear, they didn't want to do that. That's the Chicago story. Cleveland, your starters. Donovan Mitchell. Of course, we know there was overtures about him wanting to come to the Knicks. And it seemed like it was a fait accompli. Then he ends up going to Cleveland. That was before last season. With that, Darius Garland. Jared Allen. Evan Mobley. And I think your fourth starter could end up being Matt Struess, who you got in free agency from the Heat. Upside, terrific backcourt. a all-star caliber backcourt. You got very good bigs there and Evan and Jared. Your downside, you need better depth among the bigs. It seems like if something were to go down with either guy, you'd be scrambling to kind of make up here. I mean, on your bench, you have Karis LaVert. Isaac Okoro, who I think will lose his starting job to Matt Struess. Ricky Rubio, who's still recovering from the torn ACL, so you want to be cautious with him. Question for them, will they use last year's surprising first round exit as motivation? Because remember, they lost to the Knicks in the first round last year. J.B. Bickerstaff has to use that as fuel for these guys. I know expectations were high but they kind of fell short in that regard but we'll see if they can use this to motivate them moving on to the detroit pistons your starters k cunningham he'll be back he missed all of last season pretty much all of last season Jaden ivy who had a decent rookie season would have been better if he had k there to kind of take the pressure off him a little bit Jalen durham Your center there, who was solid last season. I think this year there's room for improvement, that's for sure. Bojan Bogdanovic, he'll be your power forward there. He's a stretch four who can knock it down from deep. And I think your fifth starter ends up being Osar Thompson. The young rookie, his twin brother is with Houston, Amen Thompson. But Osar... He is more defensive minded than his brother, but I think he's somebody who Monty Williams, who, oh, by the way, he's the coach over there now. He was given a five year deal over there, so he's there for the long haul. I think he sees Osar as a Mikael Bridges type who will be kind of a defensive small forward. But in time, as his game develops, he can develop his offense as well. On your bench, James Wiseman, who you got from the Warriors midseason trade. Also, Marvin Bagley III, solid player but injury-riddled. Also, Alex Burks. There's rumblings about him being the starter over Ivy. I don't understand that talk. I really don't. Joe Harris, who you got from the Nets. Also, Monty Morris, who you signed in free agency from the Wizards. And Isaiah Stewart as well, who had stints as a starter, but I think now he comes off the bench. Your upside, you got a young, talented backcourt there in Cade and Jaden. Your downside, you got a log jam at the bigs. I think this was the other team I was thinking about had a bit of a log jam amongst their big guys. So Detroit's another team the Knicks should be eyeing. The question is, how will they do in Monty Williams' first season as coach? The Indiana Pacers. Their starters, Tyrese Hollyburton, their all-world point guard. Ben Maffarin, Also, Buddy Heald, although he's been talking about wanting to be traded. Obi Toppin, I think, ends up being the starting power forward over there. And Miles Turner as your center. On your bench... T.J. McConnell, who did a great job filling in for Holly Burton when he missed a glut of games over there. Also, Aaron Naismith, a guy who can launch it from three. Also, Andrew Nimhard is another guy who can fill it from deep. Daniel Thice, Isaiah Jackson, a guy who's a four. They want to make him a stretch four. See how that works. Also, J'Race Walker, a guy who's kind of pushing in terms of power forward. He's a young, promising big. And Jalen Smith, another guy who last year started but eventually ended up going to the bench. With that said, the strengths, you have a do-it-all point guard in Holly Burton. Also, I think Mafferin in the second season, I'll be very curious to see how his game has grown. He's a guy who I think can take the next step forward. And then your downside, a glut among the big guys. And then the question for them, will they end up dealing Buddy Heal? They want to, but you need takers, so that remains the issue. And then Milwaukee Bucks, who just recently signed Giannis Antetokounmpo to a contract extension at three more years, 186 million good gracious breaking the bank Giannis stays this is what Milwaukee fans have been dreaming of once they consummated the Damian Lillard trade now they can breathe a sigh of relief that Giannis wants to stay there and it's obvious here he does he signs a three-year extension with them so you have Giannis there Damian Lillard who you got in the three-team deal Also, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, and then I think your fourth starter will be Pat Connaughton. On the bench, Bobby Portis, who does an excellent job filling in for Giannis when he misses some games. Also, for Brooke Lopez when he misses out as well. Robin Lopez, his brother, is here as a backup. Malik Beasley, who you got from the Lakers. Jake Crowder, who... I think we'll be given a new lease on life with a new coach here in Andre Griffin. And also, you have Giannis's brother, Giannis. Also, you have Cameron Payne. I think this is like a sneaky good pickup for them. Also, Marshawn Beauchamp, who was a rookie last year. I want to see how he has grown in his second season in the league. The strengths for them, of course, the acquisition of Damian Lillard. Them swooping in and getting Damien I think, could go a long way for them. And their playoff experience, guys. So, uh, everything's bolting well in that regard. The downside, you do have a rookie coach in Adrian Griffin. You're not sure how that's going to shake out. And you need the healthy Chris Millerton. You need him to be that number three guy, now that you have Dame in the fold, he's a number three guy, which I think is less pressure, and you probably still have to load manage him a bit with him coming off that injury. I expect to see guys like Baisley swing in there, maybe a Jay Crowder as well when he sits. And the question is, how will the Giannis-Dame pairing go? I could've also went, how will Adrian Griffin fare inheriting a team that's coming off a disappointing playoff loss last year and now you have a Damian Lillard that you have to incorporate in there so it's a lot to ask for a rookie coach but nonetheless let's talk about the finish in that division I see it as Milwaukee on top obviously followed by Cleveland I think Cleveland will be the second team in that division Followed by Indiana. I think Indiana kind of takes a leap forward this year. Chicago, I think, is a fourth-place team there. If they had a better point guard situation, i feel better. But I'm picking them fourth. And then Detroit, I think, will be the fifth-place team. Then we go to the South Division. We start off with Atlanta. You have Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, Also, Clint Capella, Sadiq Bey, and DeAndre Hunter as your fifth starter. On your bench, of course, you have Oneka Akangwu, the solid big who is kind of in tandem with Clint Capella. Also, you got Bogdan Bogdanovich, Jalen Johnson. Love to see how his game has grown in this next season here. You have Patty Mills, who seemed like he's been around the bend and back again. Wes Matthews is another guy in that same situation. And A.J. Griffin is a guy who I would keep a watch on to see how he has grown. This is his second year in the league, so I would pay close attention to that. And then you have a full season now with Quinn Snyder. That leaves the question. There was a lot of rumblings about Trey Young, whether you deal him or not. What will we see in this second season of him together with DeJounte? It seems like last year they were still trying to feel each other out. But the second season, I think, is very important. How they start, I think, will play a part in what this team does going forward. Next is the Charlotte Hornets, your starters. You got LaMelo Ball back. You got him starting the season now. Terry Rozier, who did Yeoman's work. Filling in when LaMelo was out for the season. Also, Gordon Hayward right now. I think he ends up being the starter there. I'll explain the situation. PJ was a guy who'll be the power forward. And Mark Williams, who really came on towards the end of last year. Now he'll start the year as the starting center there. A promising young big. On your bench, you have... Theo Maladin, who can play well in spurts. Also, you have Brandon Miller, who you got second in the draft. Where they play him, I'll be interested to see. You could play him at the three, at the four, maybe at the two. Miles Bridges, he's suspended for the first two games because of the domestic violence incident. Also, as of recently, he violated a court order, so we'll see if the suspension gets extended. But right now, is at 10 games. But he's a guy who we last saw had a very good year. Nick Richards, another promising young big who's right behind Mark Williams. And also James Boatnight, who's been a bit of a disappointment. So you'd like to see him step up. Upside, terrific backcourt. And Rozier and Lamelo, obviously. And Mark Williams, I think, again, I think he's on the rise, guys, as a young big who could take a leap forward. Question for them, is Coach Clifford on the hot seat? Right now, Michael Jordan has sold his majority stake in the team so he still has a stake but as a minority owner with that being the case he was more of a steve clifford advocate the majority owners now may not see it that way so how they fare could play an important role in terms of steve clifford's future so i'll just put it like that the miami heat your starters Of course, Jimmy Butler, who arrived at his initial press conference for the season in that emo hairdo. Oh my gosh, what was he thinking? Anyway, but you know, Jimmy Butler has to think outside the box. But he's your starter there, along with Bam Outta Bayou. Tyler Hero, he's back now, he's back healthy. Also, Josh Richardson. Looks like he'll end up being the starter and Kevin Love. On your bench, Khalid Martin, who did so well in the playoffs last year. Thomas Bryan is a big that you brought in. Also Duncan Robinson, a guy who's gonna light it up from three. Your rookie, Jaime Jaquez, out of UCLA. He's somebody that the organization is high on, so we'll see how they'll incorporate him. Nikola Jovic, Their young European player that they got in the draft last year. The upside for them, the duo of Jimmy and Bam, always a solid combination. And the coaching of Eric Spolstra. A few episodes ago, I've been singing the praises of Eric Spolstra. So much so, I think he should be the next Olympic coach and not Steve Kerr, but I digress. But Eric Spolser is a guy who can squeeze blood out of a turnip. This guy can get maximum effort from guys, undrafted guys, gives him all out effort. So Eric Spolser is a guy I don't bet against. That's for sure. And then the downside, you need a healthy hero and a healthy love. And a healthy Butler because sometimes he misses games here and there. So you need these guys healthy, I think. That's what kind of hurt them last year with so much so they ended up in the play-in. I think this year you can't mess around, especially with all the improvements in the East. So I think you'll see more games played from Butler provided he stays injury-free. But you need those two guys as well. The question will be... How will they manage after losing out on Damian Lillard? Now, remember, they were the leader in the clubhouse on getting Dame. And I mentioned when I talked about the Dame trade, they should have did their due diligence and found a third party. Maybe Phoenix. Maybe talk to Phoenix. Because Phoenix ended up being the one that really pushed the envelope in terms of the Dame trade. I think they were kind of late to the party with that. How will they manage with that? And then also, how will they manage losing in the finals to the Denver Nuggets? What do they do as an encore after that? Because remember, they, they made it as an eight seed. Moving on to Orlando. Orlando Magic. Your starters, Paulo Banquero. Also, Franz Wagner, who I'm expecting to have a big year. Wendell Carter. Markel Fultz, who's back now, he's healthy, and Gary Harris. And on your bench, Cole Anthony, who you just re-signed, you just re-signed him. Also, Jalen Suggs, we're still waiting on him to see what he has. Joe Ingles is a guy you signed in free agency. Jonathan Isaac, who you got a taste of him, he made his return last season, about February or so, but... He ended up getting hurt and then missing the rest of the season again. So his health is imperative. I'm not even sure what to make of what we've seen of him. So if they were to get anything from him, that would be a plus, that's for sure. Mo Wagner, the brother of Franz. Also, Chuma Okike. Anthony Black, who you got via the draft. Also, Jet Howard, the son of Jawan Howard. Also, another rookie there, and how they get incorporated into the mix remains to be seen. But Jamal Mosley, he's hanging in there as the coach. Right now, the upside, you got solid building blocks in Paolo and Franz. They're definitely guys you want to build around. Also, they need Suggs to step up. Question for them can they take the next step forward? Like maybe play in tournament, perhaps? And then the last team I'll talk about is the Washington Wizards. They have now Kyle Kuzma starting. Jordan Poole, who they got through a trade with the Golden State Warriors because they acquired Chris Paul and ended up flipping him for Jordan Poole. Also, Titus Jones, who you got in that multi-team deal that sent Kristaps Porzingis to Boston. He was included in that, and he ends up with the Wizards. Daniel Goffert, promising big man, defender of the paint, can block shots. And Danny Avija, their small forward there. He's the, I think he ends up being the fifth starter. It could also be Corey Kispert, And then your bench, besides those two guys I mentioned, Danilo Gallinari. You can have him healthy for the season. Remember, he tore his ACL. He'll be a plus for them. Landry Charmette, also Mike Muscala, Johnny Davis, a young player who you want to see what the deal with him is, and the rookie Bilal Kulabale. also that you got in the draft. Upside, of course, the additions of Jordan Poole and Titus Jones. So you now have a new backcourt now, as opposed to what you started with last season with a Bradley Beal. Also, on the downside, you need Corey Kittsburgh and you need Johnny Davis to kind of mature and grow their game. The question will be, can Coach Wes Onsell Jr. meld these talents together to be competitive? With that said, order of finish in the South. Right now, I see Miami as the cream of the crop in the South there. I think, again, I don't think Butler misses too many games. If that's the case, I see them doing much better than the 8th play finish from last year. Following them is the Atlanta Hawks. I think as long as you got Trey and DeJounte, you have a chance there. Coming in third, I think will be, I think, Orlando Magic, guys. I think you got guys that are healthy now. Fultz is there. Wagner, like I said, is on the way up. Boncaro, I liked his rookie season. I'm liking what they're putting down, guys. So I'm picking them third above Washington and above the Hornets. So the rest of the finish would be Washington Wizard and then the Charlotte Hornets. With that said, playoff teams. I think it goes like this. Milwaukee will be on top in the East. I believe the Giannis... Dame Pairing will be too much to bear for the rest of the conference. Second, Boston. I think Boston will be right there, breathing down the next of the Milwaukee Bucks. Third, I'm going with my Knicks, guys. My Knicks will be the third-seeded team in the East. Number four, Cleveland Cavaliers. I can't rule them out, especially when you have a Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland in the mix over there. Fifth, I'll say, you know what? I'm calling the audible here. Fifth will be the Miami Heat. I think Miami Heat will be the fifth team in that conference. And sixth will be the Philadelphia 76ers. Again, all the Harden talk in the situation. I still think they're formidable. But I think the cloudiness of what's going on with Harden, I don't think That situation ends too kindly. So we'll see what happens there. 7th, I think Atlanta Hawks will be in the 7th seed there. And they'll be followed by the Chicago Bulls. With that said, guys, I think your play-in teams... I think Indiana will be amongst the play-in teams. I think having Holly Burton healthy will go a long way for that ball club. The other playing team, I am caught between Brooklyn and Orlando. I think I'm going to say Orlando. I think Brooklyn just misses out. I think they just miss out, guys. So I'm going with Orlando. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for that. I did want to do an episode on the postseason awards. My predictions there. Also want to tie a bow on the WNBA. Want to do that as well. So anyway, that's it, guys. And thank you for listening as always, and we'll talk soon. Take care. Hello, my peeps. Thank you for listening and supporting the All Things Basketball with GD podcast. You can find us on our website, allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. You can also email us at that at gmail.com. Also, listen and watch us on YouTube, GD. Hit the like button when you see our videos. Also, write a blurb about our show. You can listen to us on all podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple. Leave a review for us at Apple. On the website, you can support us by hitting the buy me a coffee button, support on anchor button, or donate on PayPal. You can also support us by our cash app GD that sports dude. Once again, I thank you for listening and supporting the show and do take care.